Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Step drop, goes on the end zone, hot ball, touchdown Tampa Bay, Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Here they go again, Tempo mode, dropping the throw, Winston out, got goes to the left, it's intercepted at the 35, outside the numbers to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, to the 25, to the 20, to the 15, 10, Mike Edwards, touchdown Tampa Bay, that's the dagger my friend. This is the big nasty, yeah big nasty, all fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tempe Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there are the cannons, cannons. go. Fire them. Keep yeah. on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. What a uh, what an anticlimactic way to send out one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game in Tampa Bay. And uh, I mean, you know what? I won't even say that. Um, the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, announced his retirement today at 45 years old on the anniversary of when it was announced last year. Except, obviously, that announcement wasn't, uh, you know, it was a little more heartfelt. But, you know, obviously, he ended up being angry about... Uh, about the news getting leaked and came back to play another year out of spite. So (laughs) with that being said, welcome back to the podcast. So we were laughing and we always keep it transparent with you guys. And I noticed that we're live on YouTube right now and I messed up the title of the podcast and it says Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, Tom announces he is retiring for good. And uh, obviously everyone knows who the Bucks quarterback Tom is. But it was just funny. We were having a good laugh, and uh, I happened to notice it two seconds before the podcast started. But welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Cannon Fire Podcast. I am your host, Trent Matthew. Joined alongside me today, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. And uh, just like we said before, we are talking about the greatest of all time, finally hanging it up after 23 seasons in the NFL. And... um, you know, a final campaign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that obviously in hindsight, not a lot of people are going to like, but he ultimately came back, decided to play a third season in Tampa Bay. And uh, here we are pretty much exactly where we were a year ago today, assuming that Tom Brady would stay retired and not come back after 40 days. But uh, based off of the video we saw on his social media this morning, I definitely think the goat is, is done for good. Yeah. The, the biggest thing for me um when you look at uh, when you compare the two in the first one last year, he never said the word. And a, lot, like a lot of people pointed this out too. They're like, Oh, will he come back? He never said the word retire in his original thing last year. He said, I'm no longer going to be making that commitment or, or something. And then this time he comes out with the video and says like he is retiring. So um seemed like he was pretty emotional. Obviously his mom was pretty emotional at the end of the Dallas game. Um, yeah, th- this one seemed to have more finality to it. 
Um, it, it seemed to be like like an end. You know, we said his goodbye in the press conference at Tampa Media. Um, it, it felt like this is for real. Uh, I would not expect it. Obviously, I didn't expect it last year either. But like this year, then there's nothing stopping him. He's not under contract with anybody. He could have waited to become a free agent in March, but instead he announced it now. So um, I, I would expect this time. Yeah, it is for good. Yeah. And, and what better time to do it? Um, because we talked a hell of a lot before regarding the topic of retirement for Tom Brady. He didn't want a farewell tour. He he didn't want people to know that it was his last year. He didn't want people to, you know, sit there and talk about it more than they would talk about the other games that were being played during the playoffs. And he didn't want it to take away from the NFL season, things like that. Right. He has said all of that, been vocal about it in the past. And when you look at the way that he did it this year, you know, even the way we were talking on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, like I was under the impression he was probably going to come back and play. I mean, I knew that retirement was a very real possibility. And that's because from his perspective, what better time to do it? Right. Everybody was talking about what team he's going to be playing for next year. If he's going to be part of the solution in Tampa Bay with Todd Bowles moving forward, all the options were were out there on the table for him. And what they were talking about the least was retirement. So for a guy like TB12, the timing makes sense. And, um, you know, it's a rough season to bounce back from. At, at 45 years old, he's talked about prioritizing different things in his life lately. And and with the, uh, with the past year that he had in his personal life, maybe it gave him some time to reflect and, and kind of, you know, start to weigh out his priorities a little bit differently. But it's obviously been something that's been on his mind for at least the last two years. And I think finally now he he feels a little more concrete in his decision and, and hopefully he gets some some closure moving forward as he gets ready for that three hundred and seventy five million dollar broadcasting deal with Fox Sports. Yeah, you know, sort of whenever we were asked this entire season um, from beginning to end, we were asked, well, what do you think Brady's going to do at the end of the year? And there was still a whole season to play. Um, but I always said that I, I was sort of leaning towards retirement. Now, in the last few days of the season, though, I kind of said, oh, like, I think he may still retire, but, like, I think there's a real chance he plays again. And the reasons I brought up retirement, like you said, he said he didn't want a farewell tour, and that was a big one for me. I was like, because everyone's just assuming he's playing in 2023. Um, so there is no farewell tour. And then also, he wanted to play until he was 45 years old he's done that so i think those were two pretty big things for him and um you know what more is there to accomplish like like there isn't much more to accomplish obviously he would have liked to have gone out differently of course he you know that's the the peyton manning is the ideal thing you go out on top you go out with a super bowl ring that that's not only one team out of 32 is a super bowl champion every year that's just not you know gonna happen every year and that's not gonna and most people most guys in the NFL don't even win one Super Bowl, let alone seven, and be able to end their career on uh, career on a Super Bowl. So, uh, I, I think Brady just looked at it as like, yeah, like I've done, I've done it all. It, there's not much left to do. If I come back, you know, he wasn't as good. Like, was he very good? Yeah, like, but there was a bit of a decline. If he came back, would there be even more decline? We don't know. But like, would he become a kind of like a shell of himself? Like, and, and that's definitely not how he'd want to go out. So I think he's still going out very well on top because people still believe, and I do too, that he can still play football at a high level. So it's not like he's like Peyton Manning that last year where Peyton Manning just, it was not good. Um, it was not Brock Osweiler took that team to the playoffs and Manning just kind of guided them through the playoffs. But um, 
I mean, with Brady, I, I think he realized that, you know, I've done all I can. Um, you know, it's time to go spend time with my, with my family now. And he can focus on everything else now. So, yeah, I, I don't expect a, a unretiring here. It seems very final. And, um, you know, and if, if he does unretire, you know, it doesn't mean he's returning to Tampa necessarily. But and, and that's why that's another reason why I think he's not unretiring, because if it was a Tampa thing, he didn't have to go back to Tampa. You would have had your choice. So um, I, I don't believe, you know, this is something where he's trying to get out of anything. It's just, just so happens to, to be uh, you know, his decision. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a surprise to a lot of people. And I think that's kind of what he wanted. <laughs> because like I said, he didn't really want that farewell tour. So he, he got it now. Yeah, obviously, Tom Brady, wish him the best in his future endeavors. We know what he brought to Tampa Bay, a Super Bowl championship in his first season here. The Bucs signed him in March 2020, and less than a full calendar year later, they hoisted the Lombardi. Not only did they do that, but they made NFL history by becoming the first team in league history to uh, not only play a Super Bowl in their home stadium, but to win one as well. The Rams kind of kind of jacked their style the following year by basically playing out the same season. Um, but Tom and the Bucks did it first. And and I got to tell you, man, just as a as a Bucks fan who I tell this to everybody, this is like my catchphrase. Uh, we watched a lot of shitty football before Tom Brady got here. And, and I think some of the some of the newer fans or maybe the younger fans have lost sight of that, because even though this last season in 2022 wasn't what everyone expected it to be. It was still an eight win season and an eight win season after watching a decade from a division championship, a playoff game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Two straight division championships, a playoff game at home. And um, you know, all of that spearheaded by Tom Brady being the catalyst, but it all started back in 2020 started back in, uh, I think it was May 19th, 2020, just a couple of months after he was signed the NFL was obviously still in a world of uncertainty with all the COVID restrictions. Wasn't sure how that was going to play out or affect the season. Luckily, it didn't. But at the time, you know, Brady calls up his boys who he really doesn't have much, uh, you know, much report with. And they meet up at Berkeley Prep over in Tampa and they have a two hour throwing session. And they ended up going back to that same site for a couple of team workouts and team building activities and People wanted to give the Bucks flack for it, just Brady finding another way to cheat since NFL teams technically weren't allowed to be running practices and stuff like that. Um, but it led to a championship. And, you know, they got that Super Bowl in his first season here. We we kind of touched on this just recently, but if things had played out differently and like let's say year one of Tom Brady, the Bucks went seven and nine or seven and eight at the time. Yeah, seven and nine, sure. Um, eight and eight. You know, year two, they go 11 and five and they lose in the divisional round. Year three, they go 13 and four and they win the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like the 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 way that the events transpired seemed a little bit out of order. But I mean, we the what I'm trying to say at the end of the day, at the end of the day, to put a bow on it, we saw a lot of winning football with Tom Brady as quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We saw this team in the national spotlight more times than I have seen in my entire life. I mean, every single day, ESPN, Fox Sports, you know, the Bucks are the first thing they're talking about. And like, that was new. That was, that was, that was a fresh experience. And yeah, it definitely got old after a little while having a spotlight on your team like that all the time. But that's just part of what we call the Tom Brady experience. And uh, I think the fact that you and I were both here on earth 
during the period of time that Tom Brady just so happened to decide to play football in Tampa Bay. Like I'm forever grateful for that because these are some of the best football memories I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just like you said, the trajectory of it uh, was a little bit off because like you wouldn't think, Oh, your first season, you win a Super Bowl as my camera goes completely out. But um, anyways, uh, hang on. There we go. Um, But uh, you know, Max headroom over there. Um. Uh. Um. So, anyways, uh, it, it lasted a few, little bit longer than it did normally. Um. Uh, but uh, normally it doesn't even start the show like that. But yeah, you know, to win the Super Bowl in the first year, um, kind of sets up fans' expectations. Like, oh, then you're just gonna win it again. You know, because like I, I think a lot of people kind of thought that like that first year with COVID and everything, it was gonna be tough to win the Super Bowl. Like a brand new system, brand new offense. You know. Even without the COVID stuff, it would have been tough. Yeah, to win a Super that, Bowl. that would have you been know? tough. It was, you know, it was an uphill battle for just about everybody involved. Yeah, it didn't have an off-season uh, prep. Didn't really. I mean, kind of, you know, had a training camp. Didn't have any preseason, and a lot of people were like, "Yeah, it's, it might be year two. Like year two, you know, year two in the offense. You know, add a few more pieces here and there. You know, we didn't obviously. You couldn't really forecast that Tristan Wirfs was going to be right out of the gate what he was a rookie, or Anton Winfield Jr. what he was. You know, as a rookie. Um, you know, Donovan Smith having the year he had and everything. You couldn't really forecast those kind of things. So a lot of people were thinking, oh, year two would probably be realistic. But no, Brady accomplished it in year one. And in year two, they got close. Like year two, they had a legit chance to go back to the Super Bowl and win. And, you know, injuries and some other stuff, you know, caused that not to happen. And it's a shame. But like I said earlier, only – one in 32 win it. So it's, it's not like it's a, a big shame if you don't win it. Uh, you know, there's you could still look at the Tom Brady era as a success, even if they didn't win that Super Bowl. Like, even if they didn't, you would still look at it as a success. But them winning it uh, really put the cherry on top. And we basically said after that first year, like, this is all extra. Like, we said it a bunch. Like, this is just bonus. Like, the main goal was to win the Super Bowl, but all this stuff is just bonus. So, um Obviously, we're not in, on this show. We're not going to be talking too much about you know future quarterback things. We we have tons of time to talk about that. Like there is a time to, to talk about that, and uh, you know. But right now, just sort of you know reflecting on the last three seasons that were a golden era for Buccaneers football, really. And I think it's going to be remembered sort of you know twenty years from now. It's going to be remembered in the, in the same light that you know ninety seven to two thousand two is, is remembered. Like these three seasons. And hopefully it's longer, but like it's not going to involve Tom Brady. So like people are going to be talking like, let's say the Bucks, you know, continue to be competitive, you know, from here for the next three or four seasons. OK, but, you know, it's still not going to involve Tom Brady. So when you're talking about it, you're going to say, um, you know, hey, that's the, the Tom Brady era. Oh, you know, when you're talking to your kids. Oh, you know that, you know, Tom Brady yeah, well, when he was on the Bucks, you know, it's just it's going to be talked about in that same light that that all those teams in the late nineties and early two thousands are so um, forever going to be in Buccaneer history for sure. In his three seasons as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer starting quarterback, Tom threw for 14,643 yards, 108 touchdowns, uh, 1,376 completions with a 66.7 percentage, 32 regular season wins, five postseason wins. He was also an all pro and made the pro bowl once. And of course, super bowl 55, champion now the fun part about records is that 
Uh, there are certain criteria that people like to follow, certain criteria people don't. So for Tom Brady in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history, I'm not sure where he is on the passing yards ranking. I know he's top five, but I don't think he ever passed Jameis Winston. I, th- I still think he had another couple thousand yards to go, if I'm not mistaken. Um, probably way more than that. But he is number two on the all-time touchdown list behind Jameis Winston. Tom had 108 regular season touchdowns. So just a real quick, he, had, uh, he, he is number three on the all-time Buccaneers uh, passing leaders. So he's behind Vinny Testaverde uh, by about 200 yards. And then, yeah, Jameis Winston is number one. Okay. But again, Brady accomplished this in, in three seasons. He accomplished yeah. this in three in, seasons. In, in three seasons, 108 regular season touchdowns. But just counting- to put, put it in context, Brady had 50 games started. Testaverde and Winston had 76 and 72. So over 20 more games. Do you have the list of touchdown leaders in front of you by chance? Because I know that including the playoffs, Tom threw 123 touchdowns. Yeah, so in so if, if, you, if, if you include the playoffs, Buck, uh, Tom Brady is the leader. Uh, just regular season, though, it's still James Winston. Tom Brady had 108. James Winston has 121. Hmm. So including Again, the playoffs, in, Brady in had 120. Two, two less season in two less seasons than Winston did. Yeah, yeah. Just um, you know, we we talk about the the Tom Brady era, how it's going to be remembered in the grand course of Tom Brady's career. You know, I think this is going to be looked at as a little bit of a golden era for Tom Brady as well, just in the way that he played. You know, two of the most productive seasons of his entire career. I know the interceptions were a little higher than you know, statistically they were in the past, but realistically 40 plus touchdowns, two seasons in a row, pushing 5,000 yards, two seasons in a row. One of them, I think he threw what? 5,400, 5,300, 2021, something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember I mean, what the exact, um, dude, hang on. Uh, the exact number was 5,316. There it is, man. I mean, not a lot of quarterbacks have obviously been in the 5,000 yard club, Tom Brady did it at 44 years old in his 22nd NFL season and then continued to set more records the following year, even though it wasn't the long playoff run everybody wanted it to be. Uh, it was some of the best football of his career while they were, you know, chucking the ball around the yard with Bruce Arians here as a coach. And, and you know what? There was a lot of questions about Tom Brady when he joined Tampa, like because that can, year. Can he, can he make the throws? Yeah, well, you know, the thing about it is, his last year in New England was very similar to what he was this year. I mean, very, very similar. Um, I mean, if you're just looking at the stats, I know obviously stats don't tell the whole story, but his last year in New England, just by from passing touchdowns and interceptions, he had 24 touchdowns and eight interceptions. In his last year in Tampa, he had 25 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So that's one more touchdown and one more interception than he did in his final year in New England. So he looked very similar uh, to what he did this year. And a lot of people were like, man, like brand new team. Like, is he really going to turn around like the Bucks or whatever? Like, is I mean, I remember, you know, even you had some concerns. Obviously, you didn't think he was going to be bad, but like you were kind of worried about sort of getting this version, you know, the 2022 version of Tom Brady good but not really like elite and you know as it turns out yeah brady still had plenty left in the tank so um yeah really like you said two of the most productive seasons of his career in 2021 he should have won the mvp um he was the best player in football in 2021 it sucks that he didn't but it is what it is um yeah but i mean really just like you said 
really you could look at Tampa as like a yeah, golden era in his career because it was kind of a, a mini resurgence because a lot of people were, were seriously worried about Tom Brady and how he looked in New England that final year. So uh, the million dollar question, pun intended, is what the cap effect will be for Tampa Bay, a team that before Tom Brady's retirement was $55 million over the cap. So uh, not a great position for them to be, obviously, dealing with all the free agents that they have and now the retirement of Tom Brady. So if Tom had decided to take a look around in free agency and ultimately leave to go play for another team, the Bucks would have had to eat $35 million in dead cap which is uh, the second largest dead cap hit in NFL history behind Matt Ryan when he left Atlanta. That was $40 million. But now with the retirement, this was like the second best thing that could have happened for the Bucs. The best thing was obviously for him to come back. They kicked the can down the road for another year. But now with him retiring as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, um, they can basically split up that dead money into two years based off of his contract. And if I'm not mistaken, it is $11 million is his cap hit this year and then $24 million next year, right? Yeah, they can essentially split it up. And uh, Josh Capo of pewterreport.com does a great job of that. He's like their salary cap guy, basically. Um, So, yeah, so basically you will designate Tom Brady as a post-June 1st transaction. Um, so that would mean that, yeah, his cap hit in 2023 would go from $35 million to about eleven, and then it would be $24 million in, in 2024. But also, that's $24 million with the cap also rising. So um, that would help a little bit. So it definitely helps the, the Buccaneers. Like you said, the best-case scenario would have been Brady comes back and because then they could have restructured the contract, saved a little bit of money, and then not have to worry about the quarterback position. Um, now they have to, yes, they get the money, a little bit of money relief, but they also have a needed quarterback now. So, um, yeah, it saves about $24 million. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's going to help. It, it is certainly going to help. Um, obviously, more moves will be made because they, I mean, no matter who they bring back or who they sign, they got to be cap compliant. Um, so there is, there is no way they can't be cap compliant. So they have to make the moves necessary to, to do that. So whether it's cuts, you know, I, now that Brady's not here, you can look at a guy like Leonard Fournette, like does Leonard Fournette stick around on this team? Does Donovan what? Smith stick around on this team? Yeah, so buddy, Ryan, um, uh, Ryan suck up. Does he stick Ryan, around? Ryan suck up, yeah. you know, can't Cameron Bray. I think even a guy like I would personally keep him, but even a guy like Russell Gage, um, I, oh, I would no be way. I, I, they, they could, um, yeah, there, there's a possibility, um, because I mean, they just, they need the money. Um, so, uh, paying that much for a third wide receiver might be a bit too, too, uh, you know, pricey for them. Um, so we'll see, but I mean, they'll have to do the things there, but yeah, obviously just like we talked about the best case scenario would have been Brady returning, but, they would have been screwed if he signed anywhere else because then there's nothing you can do with that 35 million. So now this provides them a little bit of relief here coming into the freaking zoo. Yeah. And you, you know what? Real quick, $2 super chat from our buddy, Mr. Bucks nation. James checking in says hello from the senior bowl. Ah, he's trying to rub it in. Yeah. Hanging out in uh, smelly old <laughs> Alabama, watching some of the best bright young college stars get ready for the NFL. So, um, you know, one more thing I wanted to say about Russell Gage, though, because I, I know that his value between last offseason and this offseason is much different. Like when the Bucks signed him, 
he was kind of grading out like a like a higher end, you know, number two wide receiver in the NFL. And at the time when the Bucks got him for three years, 10 million, we were like, oh, hell yeah, that's a steal. Right. Because there were teams out there that were ready to pay him more, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, with the deal that he's on right now. I would like to think the Bucks want to hang on to Russell Gage because he is under contract and maybe a restructure is in place. You're going to have to make some tough cuts. We've already talked about that and we'll dive deeper into that in the future. We're not going to get to all of it today, but I do think we could see a scenario where Russell Gage sticks around because I don't, I don't want to be that hard on him. It was just such a tough year with injuries. Like it was, it, you know, everybody's going to say that he's injury prone until he's not, but like, it just seemed like such an outlier year for him that hopefully he can bounce back. I think he can. I think he'll be well, worth the money. I, I I expect him to be on the team. I'm just saying it wouldn't shock me if they um if they decide to get rid of him. Um, so you know we'll we'll see. I always looked at Gage kind of as a high end three, low end two. Um, if he's your third option, like it's pretty good. So that's why I think they're going to keep him. And and also, and I just want to talk about this a little bit. Then we can get back to like a little bit of final thoughts on Brady. It's not going to be a super long show because like. It's not a whole lot to you know, like anything groundbreaking in this retirement. So um, the, a lot of people are, are thinking, oh, you know, here goes the books. You know, you know, Caleb Williams and this and that. And uh, that's not going to be the case. Like, like that's just that's not going to be the case. If, if you're expecting this team to get a top three draft pick next year, I, I think you're going to be either surprised or disappointed, depending on how you look at it. Because I think, I think, I think people I, are going to be surprised to hear you know, Todd Bowles and a lot of this coaching staff and people from inside the building and players come out and say that like, yeah, we're fully ready to come back out there and compete for a division that we know we can still win. Like people want to assume the bucks are going to go back into this den of despair without Tom Brady. And I just don't think that's true. Like, I I don't think they're going to be, you know, winning 12, 13, 14 games a year, but we've obviously seen the shape that the NFC South is in and the bucks are in a position where you know, depending on how crazy they want to get over a quarterback, you know, they could be one of the best teams in the NFC South still once this is all said and done. I mean, with the NFC South, you have six winnable games, like right off the bat. Now, are you going to win all six? No, like you're not going to win all six, but you have six winnable games. So, I mean, yeah, if people are expecting this team to just win two or three games next year. Like it's going to be a surprise. There's still a lot of talent on the team. Um, They are not trading away guys. I saw some people, Oh, maybe, you know, trade away like Vita Vea, Mike Evans and this and that. That's not going to happen. You know why it's not going to happen? Why one, the NFC South, but also that is basically Todd Bowles volunteering to be fired. Like, like that is Todd Bowles basically saying, Oh yeah, I I know that we're going to have a tough year. So I know this is it for me. Like he would be fired if they only win two games next year. Like he will be fired. So why would he volunteer himself to do that? And not just Todd Bowles. I'm not hundred percent confident Jason Light would even survive that. So Jason Light trading away Mike Evans and, and cutting this guy and cutting that guy and not signing anybody or not doing this or that, he could be volunteering himself to get fired. So why would they do that? So I, I don't I don't see that. Like you said, are they going to be winning 11, 12, 13 games? Are they going to be a true Super Bowl contender? Probably not. 
like the reality is it's that's probably not going to happen oh, um, more than likely not going to happen. I mean, let's be real, you know, yeah, like you know, like mo- most people, happen. most people with common sense aren't going to jump on here. I'm not even saying like to the people who say the Bucks are going to be poverty. I'm not saying that the Bucks are going to be relevant and they're going to be the team that they have been known for being these last two, three years. But I mean, damn, dude, it, I don't think they're going to go back to winning three, four five games a year if they can land a solid quarterback. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and and you know the thing is, um, it, it's just, yeah, it, it's not, it's not the way that things work. Like they're not gonna. If it happens, it happens. You know, if they try and they sign a veteran quarterback or something, and it just doesn't work, and they only win like three games. Okay, that's one thing. You know, like that's you tried and it just it completely backfired. That that's one thing. But to set up a rebuild that's just that's not going to happen like i just not yet at least maybe maybe next off season depending on the, how this season upcoming season goes maybe who knows but like for this upcoming season i just i i can't see it so um yeah for a lot of people expecting the bucks to just go right down are they going to be super bowl quality no i, I don't believe so unless you know unless some unexpected thing happens like you know a trade for aaron Rodgers where they sign lamar jackson then obviously that changes things but that's as we talked about we've talked about it even before the season ended because we've gotten a lot of questions about it like with their cap situation even though this retirement helps their cap situation it's still almost impossible to fit that type of contract into to their thing and also with the Aaron Rodgers thing why would the Packers and we were talking about this a little bit before the show why would the Packers trade him in the NFC like right. th- that's not going to happen so um unless one of those things happen you know I don't know if the Bucks are going to be competing for Super Bowls but there's no reason they can't be competing for the division still let me ask you a question about the uh, uh the future uh, of the quarterback position for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you, you know we talked a lot on the last episode about some offensive coordinator candidates, the Bucks ended up interviewing some of those guys. Um, still haven't gotten a concrete update as to who is the front runner, but a name that has been tossed around has been Todd Munkin. We talked about uh, him. Yeah. You start to, you know, as the days go I by, you start to realize that. Fr- I think he's the front runner. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Tampa isn't his only option. He has taken interviews in other places as well. I also, I also think is, I know what this question is, so go ahead. And Yeah, you probably do. Um, <laughs> but hold on. I'll, I'll bring this thing around. Don't worry. So with Todd Munkin obviously being one of the hottest commodities in the NFL at the offensive coordinator position, there's going to be other teams that are definitely interested in his services. But I do believe he is the front runner for Tampa Bay. Um, you know, a lot of guys reporting on it seem to make it seem to make it feel like he's he's close right like he is pretty much probably looking forward to getting his old job back uh, under a new regime potentially a new quarterback so let me ask you this as far as the quarterback room we'll roll out battle plans at a later date but uh, the consensus is that the Bucks are either going to try their damnedest to trade for a quarterback even though that doesn't seem very likely or they're just going to go ahead and settle for picking up a little bit of talent free agency and maybe a little bit of talent in the draft. And uh, there is one quarterback that I know (laughs) who has worked very closely with Todd Munkin. I would hate to go from one 45-year-old quarterback to another, but what do you think about Stetson Bennett in Tampa Bay potentially as an undrafted free agent? Is that a guy the Bucs could, you know, have a higher chance of taking a flyer on uh, if Todd Munkin is their offensive coordinator? And maybe, just maybe, 
week one of the 2023 season, you roll in with a quarterback room that looks like Gardner Minshew, Stetson Bennett, and Kyle M.F. Trask. What do you think about that? That sounds fun, doesn't it? Sure. Um, if Munkin is there, I do think that um, I, I do think that it's a possibility for Stetson Bennett. Now, you know, I don't know if you want to be going like you said from a forty-five quarter, forty-five-year-old quarterback to like a forty-six-year-old quarterback, but um, <laughs> he's got experience. You can give him that. He, uh, he, I mean, he, he is, he's a veteran. He is a veteran. You know, I mean, who he's else a veteran is, you know, quarterback. You know who else is twenty-five years old uh, and may or may not be available? That's Daniel Jones as well. Another potential uh, option for not, Tampa Bay. Let's not, as, uh, let's not as just start did, throwing names as, out there. as they did interview the Giants' pass game okay. coordinator this week. Uh, just, listen, I'm not. I'm not throwing names out there. I'm just planting seeds, buddy. I'm Does just. I'm matter. letting everybody Any, know. Anyways. I'm letting everybody know the reports that they're going to see. All right, between now and mid-April, we're going to see 17 articles about why the Bucks should strongly consider taking Anthony Richardson, and I am having none of it. I'm here to put a put a pin in it right now and let you know that it should not happen. And anyone telling you that should just uh, just doesn't know ball. Oh, I think I think Richardson's a good prospect, actually, but I I would be very very surprised. Um, so yeah, I mean Bennett, I, I think as an undrafted free agent, maybe I mean you may have to pick him in the sixth or seventh round, but that's a guy maybe take a chance on as like a, you know, take a flyer on a guy like that. So I mean, you look at Brock Purdy and what he's been able to do. Obviously, I know that's a lot of the 49ers system, but like he still has the talent there, so you just take take a chance on that. Um, and Todd Munkin one, has experience putting Stetson in. A system that works for him, right? I mean, yeah. I know it helps when he's playing circles around all the 18 and 19 year olds out there, but, you know, he knows how to get the most of that quarterback. Yeah. So, um, you know, and like I said, I don't want to get into too many future quarterbacks here, but um, one name I will point out um, is somebody that Todd Munkin is also, and this is assuming Todd Munkin gets the job, but there's no guarantee. We just, we both think he's the front runner. Does not mean that he's going to get the job. I, I can't very wait. Very well. He can very well stay at Georgia. Like I that is a good job. I can't wait to finish this podcast and get the, uh, get the ESPN report that uh, the Buccaneers have hired Keenan McCardell as their new offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah. I don't think anything's coming this. I think they're going to let Tom have his day here, but um, so one name that I do think you could see maybe in Tampa because they are familiar with Todd Munkin is Baker Mayfield. Um, because he, Todd Munkin was the offense coordinator with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. So, uh, it was only for one season, but like I could see it. I'm not saying it's likely, but that's just, that's just a name. But like I said, we have tons of time. Free agency isn't for another like month and a half. So, like, you're not gonna find out that right until you know, that point. So I, I simply put, I don't know if I would expect Kyle Trash to be the starting quarterback of this team week one next year. That is, I, I don't see it uh, unless, you know, I, I don't know, unless they see something completely different that I'm not seeing. I just don't see how you can confidently say that you're going to even win six or seven games with that guy. I just don't know how he's shown you that. So, um, you know, he Peter Porter brought up a, a pretty good point on their podcast that like, you know, Brady was gone for 10 days in training camp and Kyle Trask got even more reps and he still didn't really impress much. So I just don't see how you can give the reins to, to that guy. Um, if you know, if you're trying to win, which like Todd Bowles is definitely trying to win because if he does not win, he's likely out of a job. So um, I would expect some sort of veteran um, to be in in the system here. 
This is not a rebuild for Tampa Bay. This is a reload. Now, whether they do that with a rookie quarterback, a proven veteran, a journeyman bridge year guy, obviously has yet to be seen. But with all of that being said, I, I think honestly, as we do look ahead here, this could be a really fun season for um, you know, for Tampa Bay Buccaneer football fans, just because of the uncertainty of it. You know, there's a different feeling around your team when you don't have Tom Brady. And even the expectations were high this year. Because of Tom Brady, like you, you kind of knew what you're going, uh, you kind of knew what you were going to get. And during that 40 day absence last offseason where Brady was gone, we 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 ventured a little bit into this territory. Um, but obviously, right around the combine, Tom comes back and, and we're back to the same expectations we had before. But it's one of those things where, like, if the Bucks can can obviously make the uh, the difficult cuts they're going to have to and survive this offseason, field a team, and let's just say they win eight or nine games. I feel like that's going to be a lot more of an exciting eight or nine games than, you know, the eight and nine season we just watched, right? I think for sure. Me, me, and, me you, James, like we've talked about off, like off air and stuff. Like if they would have won eight games with Blaine Gabbert as a starting quarterback, like I, I think everybody wouldn't, would have been very happy, but since it was Tom Brady, there was different expectations. So um, I think now the season could be a little bit more fun in a sense of the expectations are a little bit lower. So maybe you yeah. enjoy the wins a little bit more and you don't get so down on the losses. It's it's not a rebuild. It's a reload. But you are going through the motions of building a team up yet again. You know, you're going to have to do that at certain positions and the Bucs are going to have to start fresh. You know, we're pretty much watching them reassemble this defensive line right before our very eyes. Uh, you know, next season, the season before when you lose that Super Bowl core Guys like Indama and Sue getting ready to go play in the Super Bowl for Philly. Um, you know, it's interesting to see what kind of moves they make to accommodate for those changes. And you see a lot of new faces. You see some tough cuts. And uh, we just have to get ready for that. But I am excited to see what this offseason will bring. And, of course, we're going to keep you guys covered every step of the way. Mm, over under two weeks on news about an offensive coordinator. I'll take the under. What do you think? Yeah, I think we're coming to a head on that decision here soon. Um, could see it by the end of the week. I think with this Brady news now, I think beginning of next week, mid next week might be a little bit more realistic. But I, yeah, I think they want to get that guy in the building sooner rather than later. So I would expect no matter who it is, uh, I, I do think we're, we're coming to a decision here shortly. And I think this is obviously where those interviews and the discussions start to get a little more serious because you are 100% certain without shadow of a doubt you're not going to have Tom Brady in Tampa Bay next year. So then you look at options and uh, obviously an offensive coordinator is going to have a lot of say so in what kind of quarterback he wants in there to run the system he brings to Todd Bowles and the rest of this staff. But ladies and gentlemen, with all of that being said, that's just about going to do it for today's episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Big shout out to everybody hanging out with us live on YouTube. G Vegas and Willie Beam and the moderators holding it down. Karia Shepard, Lance W, Danny, Mr. Bucks Nation, checking in from Alabama, Chris Simmons, Adam Davies from Bucks UK, Dritzy924, Shadow Ban, anybody else that I may have missed. We truly appreciate your support. And uh, subscribe to the channel for more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content. We'll obviously keep you updated as news comes out. We'll be dropping a podcast as soon as we find out who the offensive coordinator is. And maybe we'll have another special podcast for you guys around the corner. Stay tuned for that. 
Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. I know it's the offseason, so your gears have shifted just a little bit. But uh, what are you cooking up? Uh, so uh, later, well, I have the a lot of updates about the offensive coordinator search, just some interviews they've done. Um, I do have something coming out about regrading the Bucks rookie class. I did that at the bye week last year, so I wanted to take a look and just see how the Bucks rookies fared the rest of the way. So I regraded each one, um, and then also sort of a a more personal. Uh, article about uh, Tom Brady that is coming out probably sometime tonight, which is Wednesday or tomorrow, which is Thursday. So one of them. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T, A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. If you go follow me, by the way, over on Twitter, you can see all of my Tom Brady memoirs. It is uh, a day to remember TB12, the greatest quarterback to ever lace them up in the National Football League and uh, one of the greatest Buccaneers I've ever had the privilege of watching in person. I'm grateful I got to see some some awesome moments. I was there for his final game. Uh, I was there for that Monday night football sweep against New Orleans. I was there for that awful collapse against Cincinnati. I was there for opening day against the Packers and a handful of other games between 2020 and 2021 as well. I got to bring my mom to those games this year. And if we had done that, she wouldn't have seen Tom Brady at all. Cause I would have told her to just, you know, hold out hope until the next year where he'll probably be back. And, you know, I'm glad we we're able to make those memories together. So thank you again, TB 12 from the cannon fire podcast to you. I know you're obviously not going to listen to this, but the cool thing about creating content is that at the end of the day, you really never know who's going to listen to what. So, um, you know, we truly do appreciate you. And it has been one hell of a ride. We'll talk to you guys in the next one. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening in Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.